season four. What are we talking about today? Uh, I think it's for you to introduce. We are talking about um, sustaining creative metabolism. Um, what does that mean? Well, I, I don't know. I feel like we were just talking. I feel like I thought in one regard it meant something else, but it, I guess we were just talking about this without like what it could mean or how loose it is. And also about how all of our subjects are the same thing. <laughs> it seems pretty up in the air. I feel like sometimes we have the habit of just merging all of our conversations into the same topics, which makes sense because that's what we talk and think about for 10 hours every day. So mm -hmm. I think we get that excuse. But, um, well, at, at the root of creativity is ideas, right? Execution is equally important. But like when I think of uh, creative metabolism, I just think of like, ideas and inspiration um but correct me if i'm wrong is that uh, no no no. Are, i mean are yeah. you aligned on that i'm aligned on that <laughs> i mean metabolism being like hunger right like the idea of like having a, a, a thirst or a hunger for something or or maybe like maybe the need is or want is there but they're just not coming to you yeah that's a good you know that's a that's a good approach because well, let's approach it that way because people always ask us like <laughs> Where do where do you find this or how do you get ideas or it's like it's and it's never like the same way, um, but but yeah I think that's that's what I interpret it as. Yeah, I think that's a good angle. Is like the need or want to like like I don't know like actually make stuff, but then you're like I don't know how to or like I don't know what to do or like where to start. I think is like an interesting thing that like a lot of people kind of struggle with. Definitely. I mean, I think like at the very root of what it is we do is we like hunt and gather different ideas, right? And ideas and information obviously comes from a lot of sources. And so it makes sense for us to start talking about like what sources are we pulling from or more importantly, like why are we pulling from a diverse source of information as opposed to getting all of our information from a single spot? Mm-hmm. Um, I subscribe to the James Clear newsletter along with Alex's, but um, to today's, uh, like the very first one on it, or the very first like uh, part of it said, um, I rarely have good ideas to overcome this limitation. I think about one topic like habits for an unreasonable amount of time. Then I revise, revise, and revise again until only the best stuff remains. It's slow, but it works. You can either be a genius or you can be patient. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah. yeah. Be a gene therapy. I think that's like an interesting thing. It's like most people are going into the process of building creative with hopes to just be a genius. And like, I think what he's kind of getting to there is like not everybody, like you're just not going to sit down all the time and just like come up with your best ideas. Um, or, you know, maybe some, some people do. And I think, there's like a real element of like understanding what your strength is. Some people's strength in coming up with great ideas is persistence, like kind of like James Clear saying, and other people's is like curiosity. Curiosity, yeah, and trying to figure out how those kinds of things connect. What seems more important to you guys to be like consistently inspired all the time, or to be like rooted in habit and ritual? I, I think they're like equally important i would say just being uh not agnostic to what your strength and weaknesses are so like if you are an idea person 
and you get a lot of ideas, which I feel like I tend to be, um, like you, you have to like lean into that, but also like not make it become a weakness and hinder you because, um, if you are a person that like always has ideas, you tend to either undervalue or not focus enough on the execution, which is really important. So just understanding like the level of commitment, commitment and, uh, like energy and resources that it requires to actually like be executed. Um, and then also like, don't like rush over things and only think of it from a macro level and just like, um, like kind of pass over the details because the details are really important as well. Um, so, so I would say like both are really important, but like, I think even more importantly, that is just like, being aware of what your strength and weaknesses are when it comes to creativity. It's like, are you, are you someone that like by nature has a lot of ideas or are you someone that really just focuses on like the execution or the details? Mm-hmm. You're gonna say something? No, I, would, I was just thinking about that as you were talking about it. And I think like you're obviously, they're both equally important. You're going to be naturally like more gifted in one area. So the other area is going to take a lot more work. So I think, like even as you're starting out, if that seems a little overwhelming, I think there's um, like something to be said about also finding someone who maybe their strength is the opposite and and working with them on something or even just bouncing ideas off of them because they're going to come at it at a completely different perspective. If you're the ideas person and they're a little bit more structured and realistic or not even realistic, but like really going to get down to the nitty gritty of how to make that happen, I think a lot of times that can like shift your perspective on it and make it a little bit more um, like you understand next steps easier. Cause you're like, okay, I don't have a million ideas floating around my head. Now I can actually like think about what it takes to get this done. So I think sometimes if maybe training yourself to do that, isn't like the best or easiest first step, maybe find someone who that is their strength and that could help you. And, and that's like a, a thing that comes with maturity right it's like we all remember being young and like wanting to do a million things and then being frustrated when like we couldn't make it happen because we either didn't work with the right people or just try to do it all ourselves mm-hmm. yeah i think too like i think if you want to get somewhere really fast you say yes to a lot of things i think we talked about this before but the, the more you like want to kind of hone in on what you're really trying to build for the long term is like the really force like the challenge in saying no to everything else in order to get kind of get to where you want to go i guess like the thing i was thinking about as you guys were talking about that is like i think it's the common myth that you can't be like wondrous and pragmatic at the same time and i think really that's the the secret to it all right is like how do you do both and how do you like obviously you're going to be better at one thing than you are at the other um and i think a lot of people maybe misdiagnose themselves into thinking they're more creative than they are pragmatic. But I think there's a lot of people who are both and actually happen to be more pragmatic than they think they are and kind of hold themselves back because they aren't able to like really recognize like that as a strength. Um, so like for me, I guess is like a good example. I think at one point, like a couple years ago, I, I had to like, I'd like come to realize that I was like a very pragmatic type of creative person. Like I require process. I require like, like, habit and like showing up and like I might not always have like the the strike of lightning but I know that ideas will come if I just keep hanging in there um which allowed me to like come up with better ideas in collaboration with other people who were like a little bit more off the cuff 
Um, I think it's like really glamorous to try to think that you're like this person that has these like strokes of genius and like all the time. And just, I just think it's okay to like not be that per- like you don't always have to be that person you know i think there's like real merit in being the person that kind of like puts their head down and, and like kind of brings it across the finish line or like really tries to actually f- materialize it yeah it's really interesting it's such a hard line to toe when we talk about this idea of like wonder versus um something that is like functional right and it makes me think of this journal story we did with oscar um who is a designer in london who makes lamps and his whole theory behind it was I'm making lamps and lamps stay off way more than they stay on. And because of that, it becomes so much more of a sculpture than it is a functional object, just based on the time and the resources that is like put into the lamp. The lamp spends way more time off than it ever does on. And so that's kind of like what prescribes it's like utility. And I think stuff like that is just so case by case. And I don't think there is necessarily a right answer to like wonder over function or function over wonder. I think it really does depend on like the circumstances at hand. And I think that the same can be said for people too, that like, while naturally I'm probably more pragmatic than I am like curious and creative, I think there are like points in time where that like shifts and it forces me to be more creative than, and like fold over on my like, functional like train of thought do you guys think like i think like um creative metabolism is is i think one of the ways that like people's creative metabolism like falls off is when kind of like what you're saying is like you have all these ideas and you start stuff but then you never finish anything and i think if you don't finish anything like like, it's like they're not, not finishing your food, right? Yeah. It's like, I, don't, I don't know. You're always hungry, but you're never satisfied, I think is, like, a huge proponent and, like, why people, like, lose, um, they lose, like, the energy to keep, like, they'll get two or three years into something, and then it's, like, they had all these ideas, they went really hard at it, but there was no longevity in that. Um, so, kind of want to talk about, like, all the, like, some of the artists that we respect, like, their careers changed multitude, like, over years, over years. Picasso... And like, obviously Picasso is like a genius, but there's like, he's a really great example of somebody who made so many different types of work, types of work for like 60, 70, 80 years until he died. Um, but just thinking about like how we use longevity as like a viewpoint in, in creating work. Yeah. I, I think the reason a lot of people go through what you're talking about where like they just kind of like uh, ideas just kind of dry up is because there's like an imbalance. So either they're either consuming way too much and not retaining stuff or they just have their head down just creating stuff but like don't really look at like the broader picture of why they're creating um so so i think it's just like just making sure that you're always aware uh, and intentional with the things that you're doing and you're absorbing um like uh, i think we, we all like read a lot and um are just curious by nature and you, and you see it in our in the work like we pull from so many like probably like millions of references if um and it's it's not by accident it's i think it's very intentional it's like it's years of doing that um that kind of like reaches up to a point where like either us or like a specific artist like gains a style and a a sense of confidence in the work that they execute um it's it's through just the years of like their their experiences and the things that they are choosing to read or choosing to 
look at or you know save or archive like I, th- I think those play a huge role and, and often don't get talked about because people think that it like comes from like one individual place yeah it's like it's and that that's a misconception it's like we you never find inspiration from like the same place and, it, and if you do you're you're limiting yourself yeah i think like abe makes a really good point on that too where he like emphasizes this idea of like choosing to pull from different inspirations, right? Like when you look at like Picasso, for example, and his body of work, um, starting off as like an incredibly trained classical painter. And then as he develops becomes more and more experimental. Right. And I think like, there's just a lot to be learned in that. Um, if we're talking about like bodies of work and making things that last, there has to be like this real active choice of experimentation and departure from like what we know works Mm -hmm. and doing that is like incredibly risky. But I think that's something that we always try to do and consider in our own work is like, how can we make this different? I think think that's what you see too. Uh, uh, You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with being a specialist or a generalist or, you know, that's a whole different topic of the conversation, which would be fun to talk about. But um, you see, it's interesting enough to see artists and not even just artists, but like even people like ourselves, like I think all of us in the room at one point thought we were going to be something else or were like really focused on something else um, early on, like for a lot, I think almost all of us, it was photography. Um, and just kind of like growing through that and realizing that like the medium is not the means to the end, but like just a vessel for telling stories, um, I think is like a realization that we all had to come through. And also like, I don't know, I was, I, I think at one point I was getting worried cause I was like, okay, I'm just starting to like, the ideas for photography are starting to dry up. I don't know how to like take this to the next level. And I think like if you allow yourself to, to freely float, float around and not pressure yourself into like. I have to be this thing for the rest of my life. I think that's like a huge thing that you should feel the liberation and freedom to, to feel. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think when you reach that point, like you can often like be down or like, um, kind of go through like an identity crisis or, or think of it like as a, uh, bad goodbye. But I think endings can sometimes be really positive because then that means that like it, it's the start of something else that, you know, is a little bit more fitting and, and, and isn't going to have to be such a, a force for you. It's, it's going to come natural to you. And it's, I think that's where it becomes like really beautiful when it feels natural and it feels like a joy to work on. Um, I, I think my favorite, one of my favorite artists, Donald Judd, started as a painter and then worked his way to furniture and like objects, uh, which is very different things because you're, you're not like working with 2D at that point. You're working with 3D. Um, but that like shift, I think like was huge for him. Um, and and then I think another thing that I really was inspired by him is where he pulled, uh, like references for his work. Um, even saying in the same vein, like he, he respect Pollock's work, but it was just like certain parts of it. Like he really liked scale. So he took that principle and applied it when he was doing 3d, even though Pollock was a 2d artist. Um, so I think cues like that, I think. Uh, can really help us in in our approach to things. It's just like, uh, think about the way you're approaching what you're currently doing. If it's not a fit, like uh, making sure that you, you're you open to, to new ideas and maybe new roles. Um, and then just making sure that you're pulling from the right places um, and taking any experience that you have beforehand and applying that to your future work. 
Yeah, I would say, like, just on the subject of metabolism, I think it's really interesting, like, obviously that word is related to food a lot in our bodies, and I think when even, like, in diet, if you take something completely out of your diet, your body, like, begins to lack certain things, and your metabolism actually can get stunted if you're, like, eliminating too many of the things out of your diet. So by, like, mixing in other things and keeping it different, your body can grow and then have a better metabolism for other things. So I think if we're thinking about, like, all of these things that we're taking as inspiration, they're all, like, different ingredients. And I think, like, even if you start in one role and you move to another, that's going to shape your lens of how you're seeing that new role. And I think that's what makes, like, people that do so many things, like, so interesting and they have this other view. So, like, with Judd, like, his painting 100% impacted so much of his furniture because that's, like, the lens that he's putting over it Mm -hmm. versus someone who maybe started in a different path. Yeah, I mean not to make it too uh like metaphorical but also like your you know your your body changes over time and like the types of things that you need to intake or the things that you need to cut out really is like a sure sign it, and now my head is going to like all this stuff but it's like <laughs> like ima- like imagine you like still doing the same thing that you were doing at 20 years old in art school or 22 years old and you're like 40 like eating the same thing that you're eating when I, when you're 20 years old, when you're like 40 is like probably not putting you in a really great place unless you had really good habits early. I don't know, but you, you know, like you, you make start to gain of, weight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, like exactly. You're not in the best shape of your life. It's like, I think if we listen to, I think there is like a real drawing need as a creative person to listen to your desires and like allow yourself to change over time. Like I think, so many of us, whether it's like the lack of bravery or fear or what if people don't like this new inspiration that I'm drawing from or this new thing that I'm going to try, like, I think those kinds of things really stunt us and like hurt us. Like we see, we talk about this all the time, but there's a lot of our friends and I don't know, it's like hard to, like, I don't like, this isn't like a, a jab at anybody at all, but like we see a lot of people who are still doing the same thing that they were doing five or six years ago and um that's totally fine if that's like what somebody enjoys but i think the thing that's really exciting for us is to watch people be curious to change to add new things to their diet for lack of a better term like that i think that is where real true artistry is like in its best form yeah i think the ken's the like metaphor of just like diet is really good um because it talks about like genetic makeup too it's like we each are are meant to have like certain diets like we might be allergic to certain things um like uh, our bodies are going to react differently to carbs or like respond well to certain stuff exactly um it also like dictates the the like sports you're good at right like um i'm not going to be dunking a basketball anytime (laughs) soon not with Um, with that attitude (laughs) But yeah, you're right. That's what that's what like you're saying. Like leaning into your strengths, right? It's like yeah. at some point you got to give up being a basketball player. Yeah. But but then my body will react really good at other things, and and I think just over time you, you start to realize that about yourself, and the things you're really good at, you really enjoy. Like, um, uh, yeah. So so it's a great metaphor. And then uh, Alex, to to your point, I think the the thing about like people doing the same thing i think it's fear-based like it, they they like play it safe almost um which which is like not the intention of creativity like i think it's you're almost like a uh what's it called uh, uh like a 
I don't know. It's like ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what creativity yeah, means. It's not like, curious. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's take risks. I mean, yeah, I think like curiosity is such a core pillar of like what we do. Like if we're not curious and we're not trying stuff, like, and the, there's the balance too, right? Because it's like some people are just like so experimental that it's like you forgot what made you good or like you forgot what like mm-hmm. really like was hitting home no emotionally for yeah, no yeah. restraint. And so like. Again, like like every single topic on this season of the podcast, it's all a balance of one or two or three or four things. But uh, the development of this conversation was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I, not where I thought it would. But I, I don't know. I all right, la- last quote of the season for me. Um, <laughs> from that same James Clear, it's like fresh of mind, but it said, a, uh, a ship is safe in the harbor, but that is not what a ship is built for. Yeah. It's like creativity is the same way. Like you might find this like uh, niche <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to pronounce that word but um <laughs> you might find like that something that's working for you now and you're playing it safe but like you can't ever like get too comfortable and like stop taking risks and go like, to a new place yeah it's like that's not what it's for it's like i think creativity in a sense is something that's iterative and like constantly evolving and and you uh you have to kind of like be able to shift mm-hmm. and try new things and we can't stress that enough and there are I don't like want people to listen to this and be like, I have to like stop my passion and completely switch it up. No, like that's no. not what we're saying at all. No. Like there are so many like artists and individuals who we look up to who are like masters of their craft, right? They've like stuck with the photography train for like 40, 50, 60 years. And there's like still room for experimentation in whatever that you're doing. We're just focusing on not limiting yourself and really like being vulnerable to a certain extent and putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and kind of departing from what's comfortable and safe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like one of the greatest examples really of it is like Paul Thomas Anderson doing like such crazy different narrative type films each time. It's like, he goes so deep into like whatever story he's trying to tell. Um, and I see it as like this, like true, like he's not like going from being a filmmaker to a photographer to like a painter. Um, by any means but he really is like covering so much space and so much like map and what he knows he's good at which i think is the balance is like what am i good at like what do i know i can excel and grow in and then how do i cover as much land here as i as as like i'm allowed to go or as my like mind will take me um i think like just understanding that like balance like you're saying is like don't like run around and try a bunch of million things but i think well let's pick any like profession or like specialists and i guarantee you they are better off at whatever they're doing if they are pulling from places outside of that same industry totally like uh, i think we were talking about the topic of diversity because we were like currently looking to hire people it's like diversity is always a good thing mm-hmm. like it just expands your knowledge it expands it just, your empathy it just proves like innovation like it's, it's a proven method of like better ideas you know mm-hmm Tens, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I agree. <laughs> um, I always think about like something one of my professors used to say was, you're not like, I think we were talking about the idea of plagiarism and how when you're a student, you're kind of like pulling these references and like you don't want to get too close because you're not like plagiarizing. And something that she said was like, you're not plagiarizing if you're just looking at things and building your like this whole like palette or like, family tree of where you're gonna make your thing out of so i think like this idea of diversifying like what you're building your palette out of like you're not ripping things off and you're not 
plagiarizing or photocopying things, we are allowing things to influence you. So if you're dabbling in other areas of your field, you're allowing that to influence your train of thought. And I don't know, kind of just back to the lenses, like the different lenses you put on, we're all coming from these like unique, different viewpoints. But, you know, definitely like be aware of what you're pulling from. And, you know, it's pretty obvious when like people rip off very clearly from other things. <laughs> Have you guys ever been caught on like plagiarism or anything like that? Who do you think we are? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> that's like, that's honesty hours right there. I don't know if we're ready for that. Uh, I think one of the things that makes us unique as a studio is like all our different backgrounds too. It's like, uh, like I think all of our work has gotten better when we worked together and brought them in and like use our strengths and combine them rather than like when we were working separately um like yeah we all do photography but then we also have like <laughs> very unique like uh interests and like strengths too totally um but like together it's like i don't know it it, it is what you like see on the outward facing like if you look on like the mouthwash studio like it's a, it's a culmination of like all of our passions and yeah. our our like strengths mm-hmm. cool thanks again for listening to the mouthwash podcast For more information, you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com.